0: Blog Talk Radio. Why is it not? Come on,
1: I don't know I can't hear you. I don't know how to do that. All mm-hmm. right. I can't hear you. The phone doesn't work. I tried. It doesn't. I can't hear you. Phones on. I'll try it again, Julie. Hi, this is Kim. Hello,
0: hi, this is Kim. Hello. Hello.
1: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please enter your host pin. When finished, press the pound key.
0: I'm sorry, but I did not hear you press at least four digits of your PIN number. I'm sorry, but I did not hear you press at least four digits of your PIN number.
1: Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.
0: Hey, Kim, can you Hello. hear me? Can I can you hear, hear you now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this has been an interesting morning. All right, everyone. Anyone who's listening live, Kim, don't worry about this, all the mess. We will take it out in post-editing. But I do sincerely apologize for anyone who's <laughs> listening to the program live this morning. This is, what, uh, this is what I get for trying to mix technologies. I tell you, it's always such a great idea, I think to do a Facebook Live, and I've I've had it be successful before, but obviously it wasn't successful this time. So we are going to schedule Kim on a different time to do a Facebook Live with the Women Entrepreneurs Show, and I will take care of all of the excess stuff at the beginning of the program in post-editing. But I do want to thank you very much for your patience if you're listening live, and welcome Kim to the show. Now, Kim, I'm going to reread your, uh, your bio <laughs> because I think it's So amazing. So, I personally have met met Kim several years ago, but here's her professional bio, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about her as a person. Kim McLaughlin, MA, is a licensed psychotherapist, blogger, author, speaker, and inspirational coach who works with people who suffer from emotional eating, body image, and self esteem and binge eating. How many of you out there might suffer from this? I have to admit, I've been guilty from time to time. She is nice. passionate about helping people feed their soul and put food in its proper place. Have a great relationship. She has is an author of a recently released book, Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, a six-step system to peace with food. I am going to tell you all about that. As we wrap around to the end of the show, but right now I want to bring on the dynamic Kim McLaughlin, and I want to tell people she's just a wonderful person. She comes and she interacts and she speaks and shares her wisdom uh, all over the place, but she is part of our live event that we have monthly, and when she can fit it into her schedule, she comes and joins us, and she is just very genuine. In her message and in the way that she cares for people. So, with that, I want to welcome Kim McLaughlin to the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show.
1: Oh, thank you! I'm so glad this is working, and the <laughs> technology is always interesting. And I'm so glad to be here. I was, I'm glad. So, yay! Welcome <laughs> to everybody who is here,
0: and uh, let's get to it. It sounds great. That sounds great. Okay, so I read you. Her professional bio. And if you read the yeah, show page, you you found out, you know, that what we're going to be talking about is how to identify the emotions that lead you to overeat, determining the tools that you can use to stop that, and then see how emotional eating is really not about the food. Those are kind of the things we're going to talk about today. And I want to always emphasize to my listeners, please stay on till the very end of the show, because that's when you get her really juicy nuggets. And that is when I tell you how you can get in contact with her and work with her some more, because she, as I said, she's just a very genuine, wonderful person. So let's just start off real quick. The first question I always like asking my, my guests, Kim, is how is it, or I should say, what is it that led you to be doing what you are doing now? Yes.
1: I, um, is this sound okay? I have you on speaker. I just want to make sure you can hear me okay. You're sounding fine. Yes. Okay. Um, so I have a long history of being a psychotherapist. That's really what I was trained to do way back in the day. And I have worked over the years in various nonprofit mental health clinics, um, working with a lot of kids, high level kids who um, were taken out of the home. And I worked from, you know, the overnight staff level all the way up to to the director level and, then, uh, 10 years ago, actually, I had my daughter and found, and realized that it was just too hard to keep up that job kind of pace, and I decided that you know once you go up the higher levels of chain of command, it becomes where you do more administrative work rather than people work. and I was looking at my life and decided I wanted to leave that job and get back into doing therapy. and so what I've been doing these last uh, nine, ten years is I opened up a therapy practice. And so I'm here in Roseville, California, and I have therapy with people. And I what I realized is that I wanted to focus in my work. And I found that I was really drawn to people with overeating issues. I've always had a, quote, unquote, if you could see me right now, it's, quote, unquote, problem with my weight my whole life and felt out of control with food. And I wanted to study that because I realized that there were so many people who were suffering like me, and they didn't know what to do. And I had tried every diet imaginable, or not not every diet imaginable, but I've tried a lot, and nothing seemed to work in my mind. And I started to study overeating, binge eating, compulsive eating, and found that there are some some methodologies of how we think in our head, this connects back to you with, you know, the brain lady, lady, you know, that whole brain part of how we think and that there is another way to think about food. There's another way to interact with food and that we can have peace with food and it's not about dieting. So I studied up on what's called intuitive eating. I became a certified intuitive eating counselor. I have over the years came up with my own six-step system and of of what helps people have peace with food. And that's actually what my latest book, Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, A Six-Step System to Peace with Food, is really all about what I've learned from all the people that I've worked with. So I then started working more intensely with people on overeating issues and helping them really create a life that they want and peace with food. Peace with food is really Um, it's about the food, but it's not about the food. It's about all the things that go on all around us. And that's just, that's actually a long story of how I got to the point where I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, And yeah, that's, that's how I got to where I am today.
0: Amazing. I love it. I love hearing how, what leads people down the path to whatever their passion is and actually fulfilling Mm -hmm. that in their, in their life. So, let's just mm-hmm. get down to the nitty-gritty of what we can do to help people. What causes? Let's just start with the why. What, you know, mm-hmm. what is it that causes people to overeat? Why do people overeat especially when you're talking about that emotional when is we're not we're not hungry. We're just overeating. What causes that? Well, it's it's a lot of things, and that and so it's like people want to know like what's
1: the one thing that made me do this or so that makes me do this. There isn't one thing, and that's why diets don't work. Is because if that was the one thing that would work, it would have worked. So I think about all the areas, and so how do people become have issues with emotional eating? Well, it starts somewhere a long time ago. We learn. We, we are born knowing when to eat, how much to eat, and when to stop. You cannot make a baby overeat. You know, unless they have some kind of issue going on, a, a child, a small child does not overeat. They stop. They might eat foods that, you know, we'd say more sweet foods, but they'll stop. They will not overeat those foods. And what happens is, is as we get older, things happen in our lives. And we begin to have more of an emotional relationship with food where we use food to manage sadness or anger or upset, overwhelm. A lot of time it's boredom or loneliness or sometimes there are feelings that we just don't even know what the names are. And whatever point that happens in somebody's life, that begins to um, kind of dysregulate their body and, and make them feel upset because what happens is is A lot of times when we overeat, we can tend to gain weight. And so then the weight becomes the issue. We think the weight is the problem. And what happens then is we go on a diet. And the diet works until it doesn't. And I say that all the time to people. It's like, it works until it doesn't. And there are long-term studies that show that dieting over the long term does not work because people gain the weight back and then some. And it might take a little while, but it will come back because we haven't learned how to have a different relationship with food. And learning what the feelings are and the thoughts are and the whole, that six-step six, six step system that I have, when you don't have all six areas in alignment, then you're going to overeat. So when we start dieting, we start this this idea of um I need, when there's a problem with food, I need to restrict, right? Restricting, diet's like restricting. Low calories, I can't eat even though I'm hungry. I can't eat this food that I want because I have to have this other food that is low in calorie. Or we start naming these are good foods and these are bad foods. And what we always want then is the bad food or what we think are bad foods. So when we start engaging in life with this idea that when I binge or when I overeat because of emotions, I then gain weight and then I have to diet. Well, diet then doesn't take care of the initial problem, which was the emotions, right? The emotions are still there. And they maybe go underground because we can get excited about being on a diet. We can have um, kind of this fantasy of having this different life. But then there's a point where it doesn't work and the emotions kick back in and it feels overwhelming and we want to eat. When you ask, like, how does it, how does, how do we get this way? It's over a long term. And it really is a lot of, there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle that get out of alignment for people. And what I really hope that there's one takeaway from people is that the way to fix it, the emotional component, is not dieting that that's actually the part that makes us kind of feel crazier because we want to lose the weight and we do. But then when when we gain the weight back, we feel angry at ourselves. And then that starts another cycle all over again. We feel angry at ourselves. We feel upset. Then we gain weight. Then we say, oh, I need to diet. Then it works until it doesn't. And do you see it just goes around and around and around. And that's why, it feels overwhelming and like
0: it's a problem that you just can't fix. Got it. So the the emotions lead us to overeat, and mm-hmm. that makes people want to diet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then they go yeah. on the diet and then they eventually wind up because they never addressed the original emotional situation. The diet, mm-hmm. even though it may be successful on the scale, is this what you're saying? If it may be successful on the right. scale. So I may go on a diet for six months and I may lose 25 pounds, but what's going to that make that stay off if I'm an emotional eater is addressing how I gained those 25 pounds in the first place and what I feel about mm-hmm. the food that I'm eating. Is that right? That's right. It's it's more having a different relationship
1: with food where, There are no good foods. There are no bad foods. Food is food. It's just how does the food fuel my body and how does it feel to me? How does it feel inside of myself? What happens, I was just talking with somebody earlier today about how um, when we binge eat, another thing that happens is that we become disconnected from the body. You know, think about it. Like if you eat... If you get overly hungry and you overeat, you begin. You know, it can be a point. There's a point where your body feels uncomfortable, and what happens is is that when we when we overeat, that we we tend to move away from being conscious in our body with that point that, that body spot that says, "I'm full, I don't want to eat anymore." My uh, my daughter will do this where. She, when she was really little, she'd say, You know, I'd have the food there, and she'd say, I'm done. She says, You know, tummy's my tummy's full. And it's like, Really? And I was, that was just such an amazing thing. Like, Whoa, wait, 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 you're stopping because your stomach's full? What? <laughs> who does
0: that? <laughs> and, seriously,
1: I mean, if you listen, <laughs> I mean, people who overeat, they'll say, Well, yeah, I'm full, but this tastes good. I'm full, but this mm-hmm. tastes good.
0: We all, mm-hmm. we know
1: that. We all, I mean, we've done it. Like most of us have done that. But no, when we're a kid, yes, it's yummy, but I'm done. She'll do that with, um, with sweet things that she really enjoys. My tummy's full. No, I'm not having it. And she'll leave it there half eaten on the counter. Well, you know, back in the day, I would never leave anything half eaten, uh, something sweet or something like that. I'd never leave it half eaten on the counter. It's gone. It doesn't matter. Hunger, who cares? Fullness, who cares? And that's the difference. And so it's, it's when we binge, we can, or when we overeat, and even when we diet, we lose track of what is our body really needing and what is going to help us and make us feel good? And at what point should we stop? At what point is our body saying uh, we're, we're satiated, we're full, stop. No, we get to overfull. When I look at it, you know, when you look at it like on a 1 to 10 scale, a 10 would be stuffed, I feel horrible. Well, we can get to that level, right? And, and then we feel horrible. Well, kids don't do that. And we want to get back to that kind of noticing our body and noticing what goes on and that's one of the strategies to to kind of, to move through all of this is just be like a kid and start noticing your body and, and what's going on.
0: How you really feel. That's yeah. so interesting. You know, you it's, yeah, it's funny because my sister and I just had a conversation about this. We kind of grew up and it's because it's, it's a generational issue. My, my grandparents were depression era children. Right. And so, my grandmother mm-hmm. had food stockpiled like you would not believe in her basement and mm. she she trained my mom to finish everything on her plate because there were people mm-hmm. starving elsewhere and that was the same thing that came to my sisters and I and we had we were in Disneyland of all places and my sister and I were sharing something and we, we both got full and it was like, do you want any more? No. Do you want any more? And there was still part of the food there. And I was like, Oh, just throw it away. And, and we both, you know, we both talked about for a few minutes, how that's a new feeling for us, a new feeling for her. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for quite a while, but it's a new feeling for her to throw things away. And she's trying to wrap her head around the guilt of not finishing her plate. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, do you find this scenario happens with people that the feeling that oh, there's a scarcity or they have to finish what's on their plate because that's what they should do? Yes. And that's part of, yes, that that's a piece of it. But But there's
1: also a piece of when we look at a meal or when we look at an item, our brain thinks, well, this is my, this is my quantity. Right? So if it's an, an ice cream cone with however much, or or, you know, your sweet, or whatever is on your plate or whatever's in front of you, our brain says, "Well, this is my meal, this is what I'm supposed to have." This is, and so we get thrown off by how much is in front of us because we think that's our quantity. So we look at it more externally, right? Whatever is in front of us, even if we don't have that depression-era mindset which I do think exists in a lot of people. It it just got handed down generation to generation. But there's also this psychological process where we just look at it and go, oh, that is a serving. That is a serving. That's what I'm supposed to eat. People will do that with, um, you know, uh, bigger candy bars or bigger things. Like, you know, they're having – there's a lot of things with that whole supersize thing, right, where everything is bigger than it used to be. Well, we were all satisfied when it was a little, you know, a little whatever it was. But now everything is bigger. And so we think that is a serving. We've kind of been brainwashed to think whatever's in front of us is a serving. And what I'm saying is that, you know, one of the ways to handle it, I love your story about the two of you sharing it and that even with sharing it, it was still you were satisfied after a certain amount. And, like, we could just throw it away. But our brain can also think, well, but that's what I'm supposed to eat. I'm supposed to have all that. And then we do it. And then we get caught in this cycle of, um, continuing that process. Part of this becomes challenging our brain, right? Challenging our mind right. that says, well, this is a certain, whatever's on my plate is a serving. Um, and I'm supposed to eat it. So we can challenge our brain by, you know, Oh, am I going back into our body? Right. Physical, like well, how hungry am I right now? How full am I? Is this is, you know, this could be more than a serving. It probably is based on how, you know, food is doled out these days. Right. So, um so it's yes, it's part of it. There's a, so what makes this tricky is that there's so many I call our brain can be a trickster. It can be a trickster and 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 lead us in a direction that actually when we're really thinking about it mm,
0: consciously and mindfully, we could make a different decision. Got it. Got it. It's stopping and thinking. You know, I tell people all the time, your brain listens to what you say in your mind. So you just (laughs) got to say the right things. And I, I can see how this is definitely, we need to, I think I've had you on the brain lady speak show before, but I think it's time to revisit and have you on that program as well. So our brain does our emotions and feelings obviously play a part in this. So what what's the to do? You know, I mean, what is it? Is it hopeless? Is it just uh you know, how do you get out of this cycle of overeating or emotionally overeating and and not stopping when you're full?
1: Okay, well, first, good for everybody that they're here listening to this because the first starting spot is we've got to notice that it's a problem and that continuing the the kind of the societal idea of let's just go on a diet isn't going to solve this problem. So, yay, that we're all considering this together because that's the first start, First first point is we've got to notice that there's an issue. The, the other thing I think of is that I think people need to think of, and I'm not going to say this all to overwhelm people, just more put it in perspective, When I looked at food and food issues, what I found is there are six components. I'm just going to give you just the six of them so you can kind of see what's going on. And so the first one is physical, what's going on physically. Half of the physical is about food. The rest is about your body, how your body metabolizes food, um, your hunger, your fullness, what all goes on inside of your body. That's the physical. The other component is emotional. We've just been talking about all the emotions that come up around food or outside of food that might lead us to overeat because that's our way of nurturing ourselves around emotions. The third component is the mental, is the cognitive, the things that go on in our head, the thoughts that um, can get out of hand sometimes. The fourth is lifestyle. Lifestyle is about um, how our work, our home life, our family, vacations, holidays, exercise, friends, all those pieces that food comes into play with or, or also how we manage all of those areas within lifestyle. The fifth component is mindfulness. How connected are we to that inner voice, that inner part of us, and also that part of us that's connected to the greater, the greater universe, whatever you might call that. And the sixth component is self-love. And self-love is about self-esteem, self-worth, how you talk to yourself, what you say to yourself, and how you see yourself. And that I always think of it, I put it la- always put it last on the sixth because people tend to want to start with the physical. But this, the, the thing is, is that if you don't have self-love, you're not going to be able to put food in its proper place as nourishment because you're going to be able be using food to make you feel better about yourself. doesn't work over long the long term, but it is um, it is what we do so if we look at those six components, you can start consider so what to do is start considering which of those feel out of balance. It could be the first one a lot of times um, with people the first one around hungry fall is like, I don't even know what that is. Well, okay, good. Let's work on that. Or it could be the emotions. Like there are a couple of emotions that I find get out of hand. Well, then what will we do about that? It could be mindfulness. It could be self-love. So it's figuring out which of the areas feel out of balance for you. And then what could be something I could do to impact it. Um, I always like, um, The first one I like is about the physical, and this is actually going to be one of the freebies everybody will get at the end, is how to notice whether you're hungry or whether you're full. And I have a whole strategy around figuring that out because when we've been overeating for so many years, it's served a purpose. And what we want to do is start getting back in touch with our body so we can just notice well, what is my body feeling? What does hunger feel like? What does fullness feel like? How do I know what to do when either of those are going on? Because that can be super um, overwhelming to just figure that out. I mean, that's seriously overwhelming. And I remember when I used to try to do that. So I had to engage in a lot of... um, more exploration within myself, like, so when am I hungry? When am I full? And what does that feel like? And that, like I said, at the end I'll give away I, the gift is, is really connected to that to start noticing that because um, as you begin to notice whether you're hungry or full, you can then make some different decisions with food because then you'll start noticing, oh, I'm actually not hungry, but I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling like I want to eat but I'm not really hungry. And then that can be that detective period of hmm, what's going on that I am not hungry right now, but I want to eat. How am I feeling? What's going on inside? And then you begin to connect a couple of those components, right? You connect the physical part with the emotional part and start wondering. And that I think is, is, an important takeaway for people is to start wondering, well, what feels out of balance? Which area might I make some adjustments in? I just gave a, a really good example about the physical side, how to make some kind of adjustments, and then how to start noticing if there is emotions coming on. Um, so that's, that's a good starting spot. Is it, is it hopeless? Absolutely not. I mean, I think you kind of said, like, are we hopeless? Is, it, is there just no, no way out? There totally is a way out. And that's what I talk about completely in my book is there's a way out to feel peace with food. And it's really about moving off of the other thing we never talked about today is is moving off of the idea of having to have a certain weight. That what gets connected with food is, I have to be a certain weight. And what I like to move off of is the idea that you have to be at a certain weight, but let's put food in its proper place as nourishment. Nourish ourselves in other ways, right? In all those six components is nourish ourselves in ways that are functional, that begin to get us back into balance. And then we can put have peace with food. And then our body ends up being at whatever the size it was, destined to be because we often have an idea of it being um, our bodies have to be at a certain weight that isn't necessarily where our body feels comfortable resting at. And it's more like that, that, that idea of kind of that body wisdom that our bodies are pretty intelligent and can, can help guide the way, but we've just had a lot of other um, um, things get in the way throughout our lifetime that made food what we went to, what we go to, to feel better. So in answer, no, it is not hopeless. It takes um, some work. But what I love about the idea of, of working on food issues is that it really is um, putting your life in balance. And what I always think of is that when food comes up as an issue for me or for anybody else, it's like, oh, that must mean something is out of balance in my life. Right, And so we can look at any of those six components and go, what is out of balance in my life that I am going back to food? Me, myself, Kim, I will have a predisposition towards, you know, if things are out of balance, food would be my first go-to. So then if I'm having that as my go-to, it's like, oh, well, food's showing up, Kim, right now. What's up in your life? Let's look at the six components. Let's look at those six areas. Where am I out of balance? And so really it can be a gift. It is a gift if you choose to look at it that way, that it shows up as, um, as our barometer that our life is out of bounds. And then we can fix it and we can do something about it or we can get more in touch with what's going on. And it's really a way of having peace, not just with food, but with peace in our life, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at those, those are life. Those are life issues. How to have peace in our life, and that's the big, you know, the big, big uh, goal that I have for people is like peace in your life, and and it's totally possible, totally possible.
0: I, I love that. They're, my brain's just on fire right now because I'm I'm connecting it to so many different things. I mean, I would guess the first thing that really popped into my head was the thought process that it is. Uh, it, this it wouldn't have to be just individuals who over who are overweight, who are overeating or eating the wrong things. It could be, I, I could see this because if it's the emotional eating, you could be someone who isn't necessarily carrying weight, but if your emotional situation sends you into eating perhaps the wrong things or maybe drinking or doing different things. I mean, that emotional component can be there even if you're not battling with extra pounds. Mm -hmm. Am am I understanding that correctly? Totally. I love that you brought that up. I love that you brought that up
1: because that's often the way it gets identified is around weight. But, um, and so, you know, people, so the weight issue, and I'm going to quote it again, because I think the body size is all relative and we're very, Uh, mean to ourselves about what body size is okay and what body size is not okay and that would be a whole nother discussion about um, weight and body size and so people will assume that if they're quote-unquote whatever you think overweight is is that they have a food issue and that's not necessarily so it's just we've we can kind of I, link those two together. The interesting thing that you're bringing up is that there are people that have no weight issues that have a big problem with food. Think of anybody who has diabetics. Think of anybody who is allergic to lactose. Think of anybody who um, has high cholesterol or a million. I have people, I know people who IBS, right? Or people who have skin rashes because of what foods they eat. And what happens is, is that um, I have a lot of people come in that it's not a weight issue. It's a how my body responds to food issue. And I, you know, I recall somebody who had plenty of people actually I've worked with who, you know, drink milk and they break out. They have rashes. Well, they like milk. They want to have milk. I should not be able to have milk. Milk's, milk's supposed to be good for me. I want milk and then they drink milk, and then they get a rash. And so physically, right, one of the components is out of alignment for them. And then emotionally, what does that milk serve for them, right? So we can talk about it for people who have other issues that come up around food. Um, There's a lot of people that I'm diabetic, my God, you know, people who, there are people that I work with that are diabetic, but that really resists having um, their sugar balanced they feel restricted they feel overwhelmed they feel like they're not normal and they don't want to do it and it Mm. causes right so Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that it's people that have that whatever you think is large it's not it's not just people with that it's people that eat foods that make them feel sick a lot of IBS irritable bowel syndrome you know and tummy troubles, well, there are certain foods for certain people that make them feel sick, but they still eat it. And they do, uh, what, is, uh, what do you call it, you know, some of those pills that you take to to make your tummy okay when you eat certain foods that I'm not even thinking oh, what like they are. like lactose pills things.
0: or? yeah. Yes.
1: Like you take those so you can eat things that your body is allergic to. Well. Is rejecting. Yeah. That's interesting. Your body says right. it's not
0: good food for you.
1: When you're diabetic, sugar is not good for you. It's, your body says this. So how do we get in balance with food and not feel restricted and not feel um, like we're denied and to feel in balance and empowered and peaceful, right? So it is, it's totally, I love that you brought this up because it's, it's really beyond the weight, there are other issues that go on with food that are equally difficult
0: right that you know what that i I love that such deep i mean it, it you can really see how you pull in your your training and your your experience as a psychotherapist in into this because it it is very it is very emotional, lots of feelings and and brain you know our stupid brain. Uh, I shouldn't say stupid. The brain's never stupid, but our, right. Our brain clutter, I guess is what it is. You know, it's, it's our, it's that self-talk that we're just not having that food in the proper place in our life. I, it's such great information. So let's give the listeners, uh, what are some easy tips that you can take away Right now, if you are listening to this podcast, you're listening live, you're listening to it as a replay later, what are some just easy tips that we can do right now to start putting food, having a good relationship with food and putting it in its proper place?
1: Yes. Um, So, you know, going back to those six components, one of them that I didn't talk about much that I think is a great starting spot is the mindfulness component and one of the doables that is immediate you can do it any time during the day I promise you and you will have extraordinary results is take a deep breath seriously take a deep breath that is so so just so if you everybody could do this with me like just on three let's just take a deep breath one two three take a deep breath in through your nose out through your mouth Feel what your body feels like, just taking a deep breath. I feel, I'm, I'm sitting here right now, actually my feet are up, and so I feel tingly in my hands as I take that deep breath. My shoulders just relaxed a little bit. My jaw relaxed a little bit. I can feel myself physically on the, the seat that I'm sitting on, right? I'm totally connected with my body at this point in time. That deep breath helps you feel or release anxiety, Mm -hmm. deep breathing, right? We can't be anxious and calm at the same time. Deep breathing is an initial calm. So, right, so we then change in our emotions, right? If we have anxiety, which we often all carry around and we don't realize it, but that deep breath, we have that calm, peace feeling, helps release anxiety. It gets us more connected with the physical, right? I feel more centered in my body. So then if I'm, I'm thinking about feeling hungry or looking to whether I'm hungry, that deep breath connects me into myself. It also connects me into who, when I take that deep breath in terms of self-love, it connects me back into who I am, right? That kind of maybe more um, metaphysical, ethereal side, because I'm just connected that is one of the most simple profound things that you can do morning noon and night and it will have an effect on what did i talk i just talked four components it has a an effect on body emotions mindfulness self-love so i love that it. i i and and really um i have people i have clients who will set a timer They'll set a timer on their clock, you know, on their phone, or mm-hmm. uh, a gong. You know, about, I had one client who would set a gong on her, um, a timer on her computer, and it would gong at least once an hour. And the gong that that chimed on her computer would be her indication to take a deep breath. I love it. I thought that was so cool. That was I gotta I gotta I gotta set that one up. Actually, that's a doable yeah. for me. I gotta. Set
0: I love up it cause because that's one of the things. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I teach people. When it just comes to maximizing their brain energy, it starts to die Mm -hmm. off. You know, it goes downhill, and you start to get out of your prefrontal cortex, and so you can't think well. So just deep breathing does that. It gets it gets you out of your emotional brain and into your thinking brain. So Mm -hmm. I can see how this this is huge for. For this under this topic, you know, so many just just Mm -hmm. simply that deep breathing, real easy tip, real easy tip. Well, you know what, I know that you have just a wealth of additional information. And I know my listeners as they're listening to this program, they, I am sure that they will agree with me that, that you are just, you're just amazing, Kim. I just love that. Mm -hmm. So let's. Yeah, let's talk about because I want to I I want to keep the the show in a bite-sized portion for people because it is a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about especially if you are like me. I've never really considered myself I do know I am I am cognitive of the fact that I do emotionally overeat and I do battle with food. I don't think I do it that often, but listening to doing this interview I'm thinking well maybe I do it more often than I think I do <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. just making that tweak in my life might might really change my you know help me on my my journey mm-hmm. to a healthy weight so well, tell Julie, you
1: what have... a great takeaway and I hope that's what other people get from this is like hmm what if this might be where might I be in this whole talk of what we talked about today like and that, that idea that where you're going, hmm, I wonder. And like that, I love is a great, a great starting spot. It's like, hmm,
0: maybe is this which about this might be about me? Right. Yeah, really makes you think. Take that deep breath and think. Okay, so you have first off, I want to tell everyone, and I and I mentioned uh before, I I wanna get your book, The Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, a six step system oh. to peace with food. I love that topic. I am very, very excited as the the administrator of Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. We have, I've talked about in the past on the program that we have launched a Women Entrepreneurs Podcast Network. And I am so blessed and so excited to announce that Kim is our one of our hosts that's coming on, and her show is going to be Feed Your Soul with Kim. That is her domain name, FeedYourSoulWithKim.com, for the for the podcast. And I, I want everybody to go look that up, click like, click, click follow. We're going to be putting up her first show, program here directly, and uh, our podcast. And you're, you're just going to love her. You can tell that she's got a wealth of information. But you also, in addition to that, I'm 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 excited about that. But you also have. A free gift for the listeners. Tell us a little bit about what that is and how they can get that. Yes. So
1: um, they can go to feedyoursoulunlimited.com forward slash free gift. Feedyoursoulunlimited.com forward slash free gift. What's in there is what I talked about earlier is how to notice when you're hungry and when you're full and then, how to start looking physically at your body and what's going on. I also put on there um, some of my most popular blogs, and I'll go back and look and I'll see what I have on there and make sure that I put on some blogs about self-love and mindfulness. So I'll make sure that I link in the areas that we talked about today to make sure that it's really um, pointed to the areas that we discussed so it feels like it's all continuous. Um, so if you go to that feedyoursoullimited.com/freegifts, forward slash free gifts, you get a lot of things I can put in there, the link into the book. I actually am having, a, um, anybody who's listening between now and May the 1st, on May the 1st, I'm having a, um, Amazon bestseller campaign to get feed your soul, nourish your life, the book out to as many people as possible. It's a campaign where it's 99 cents to get the Kindle copy, the electronic copy of the book. And it will help get that book out to as many people as possible because it's, as you said, you know, it's really important information that more people need to hear about. So um, I will put that all on the free gift page. And I just hope you guys come in and get the free gift. Also that you come to my podcast. Um, We're going to talk about all of this in depth. I'm going to get questions from people. Hopefully, um, we'll have some of you, the listeners, come on live and ask some live questions, also have guests like you do, Julie, on your show. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be part of the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Network and really get this information out to people to have peace in their lives.
0: I love it. I love it. And on the show page, you will find a direct link to the com free gift. So you can go right there. And I will also put on there a link. I don't have it at the moment. I should have. I don't know why. But I will also go back and put on there a, a link to her podcast page so you can click follow. Because you're going to want to follow the show so that you get notices every single time she uploads a new podcast. Well, with that, Kim, I am, for again, for those of you who tied in live on or listening live at 11 a.m., we apologize for the glitches. We'll take care of those glitches for anyone who is listening as the as in the podcast as a download. So thank you so very much Kim for being on the program today on the women entrepreneurs program today. Thank you Julie, thank you to everybody who listens. I am so
1: I'm so excited that you have this platform to get this information out and
0: thank you for having me. Absolutely, it was my pleasure. All right, everyone, all of you amazing listeners, I want you to stay connected with us. If you like what we're doing here on the Women Entrepreneurs Podcast, then go to the main podcast network. It is www.womenentrepreneurspodcastnetwork. This is where you can click and you can follow the network as a whole, so you'll get notices every time that any of our hosts upload a new program. And send up new, great, um, amazing information that will help you to improve your life, your business, and your relationships. If you have an idea for a show uh, that you want covered on the Women Entrepreneurs Show, any, any topics that you know resonate with women, send me an email at info at com. That is all plural, women entrepreneurs with an S, extraordinaire.com. And give me your ideas. If you want to be interested, maybe you interviewed, rather, maybe you have a topic that you feel would be beneficial and would like to be considered as a guest on the program, then by all means, also shoot me an email. Go join our Facebook group. I have a link on the show page for the Facebook group, A Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. And check out our site. Go to womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. Take a look at what we're building there. We are in our first stage. Sorry about that little notice there. We are in the first stage of the of this program and of the website and where we're going. Phase one. We're pulling in amazing uh, business professionals and premier experts to help you develop everything in your rela- or in your business. With that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and close up the show now, and thank everyone for listening. And until next week, I want everyone to Please just enjoy every moment.